Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and challenging your beliefs from American pop culture and your Christian denominational circles. How? By the renewing of your mind through God's Word and radio conversation. The woman at the well is, is one of my favorite stories of evangelism in the Bible. Uh, it seems like, like every time I read John 4, I, I, I glean at least one new nugget from, from this story, or, or I'm just revitalized or, or, or blessed all over again by this uh, amazing story of, of a Samaritan lady. Nobody famous or special, really. And I, and I hope this, this passage is, encourages you to be an amazing advocate for Christ. There is nothing, there is nothing that should hold you back from being an ambassador. Your, your testimony, your story is an amazing story of the gospel of grace. Your story. This is one of the best things about baptisms and baptisms that have people give their testimony because this is a real life story of how God transformed you. You know, you personally know the, the sick wretch that you were desperately seeking forgiveness and salvation. And you know the grace and the mercy that was granted to you. And, and you're excited and jumping for joy. And, and you know what? That's the best story. That's the best testimony. And so we then have a great opportunity to share. And I realize that there's a, a belief out there that, you know, unless you're a pastor or, or well-trained, that, that you can't be a real spokesman for God. And I know this attitude exists because I've talked to several people who, who don't feel qualified because they were never formally trained in seminary and they're, and they're withdrawn and, and hold themselves back. And I was actually one of those people, even though I was heavily involved in a, in a big church and I, I just never felt like it was enough. I, I never felt like it was, it was real. Why? Because I wasn't professionally trained or I, I wasn't paid or I didn't have, you know, a, a pastoral title. The funny thing is, is, you know, when I, when I graduated from seminary, most of the positions actually asked me if my experience was, was paid or, or voluntary. Again, going back to that concept that, well, unless you got paid, it doesn't count. It wasn't real. And then I, the, the twist of it all is that the only paid pastoral position I've, I've ever had has actually probably been my smallest ministry from, from a, a number standpoint. And I, and I realize now that, that, you know, being a Sunday school teacher for four-year-olds or, or leading a home-based Bible study for, for young marrieds or preaching at a local homeless shelter, well, those were all ministry, all of them. 
none was quote unquote more important than the other because of how many people attended or whether or not I received payment or had title. And so becoming a pastor and, and and being a superintendent really changed my perspective on the whole full-time ministry label. As I discovered that my school ministry uh, was, was everything that I'd ever wanted in my pastoral ministry and and the discipleship and the teaching and the eagerness of people to learn the opportunity to teach them, to teach them through the Bible, to have opportunities for evangelism and salvation and training and growth. All of those things happen on a daily basis at our school. And then I remember John 4 and the woman at the well. And so please allow me to, to, to summarize this passage in case you're, you're not familiar with it or it's been a while. But, but remember, Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're, they're traveling through the land. And Jesus is going from town to town, and he's teaching. He's preaching. And so him and the disciples are traveling through Samaria when they come to a, a great rest stop known as Jacob's Well, a, f- a famous rest stop. And so Jesus and his crew, they, um, they call upon the Samaritan woman for, for some much-needed refreshment, for, for some water on their weary travels. Now, some of Jesus' disciples had gone into the town to, to go get food, to go get lunch. Let's go get some takeout, guys. And so when, when Jesus and, and the Samaritan woman uh, come across each other, the, Jesus does what Jesus does. He, he has a little chat. He has a, quote-unquote, a little coming-to-Jesus meeting. And, and she's shocked that Jesus would, would even speak to her since she's not only a woman, but, but a Samaritan. And the, the Samaritans would be considered half-breeds to Jews and, and would be considered kind of traitors of the faith. And ironically, the Samaritans would think the same thing of, of the Israelites because during captivity, uh, the Israelites were taken away and taken to foreign countries and they would commit spiritual idolatry even though they may still marry within uh, Judaism, while the Samaritans stayed back and um, married the, the local people, but still clung to, to some remnants of the, the Jewish faith. Well, remember, again, this is John 4. In, in John 3, Jesus had just had another interesting moment when, when he was de- describing to, to a Pharisee, Nicodemus, about about the concept of being born again. And so this is what Jesus does, right? He, he comes into contact with people. They ask him a question, and he gives a spiritual response to whatever question they ask. Um, maybe a little lesson that, that we can learn to kind of always be prepared. He, he really meets people at their spiritual need, not just their physical need or their intellectual need. And so in John 4, he, he paints a picture of, of being the living water. He's asking her for water, but then he's offering himself as the living water. And he explains that, that she should actually be the one requesting water for him because his water is a water of eternal life. And from him, there's, there's, there's an eternal blessing. 
And so she realizes that the, the way he speaks, the way he communicates, that, that this is a prophet from God. And, and she mentions her eagerness and the waiting of the, the coming Messiah, the Christ. And it's at this point that Jesus says, I am he. And could you imagine, to her shock, you know, she was just going out doing the daily chores, and now she's talking to the, the coming king, the coming chosen one, the Messiah, and Jesus is looking at her and saying, it's me, I'm here. Well, at that point, uh, the boys come back from lunch. You know, they're coming back and they've got their bags of takeout and, you know, uh, you weren't quite sure which way to go. So a couple guys got, you know, chicken and another couple guys got, you know, maybe some Chinese takeout and, you know, a couple, couple deli sandwiches, right? And so they, they think they did a pretty good thing. They, they're coming back with lunch and, and, and then she just departs and goes back to the city. So they're kind of like ships, you know, crisscrossing in the ocean. Well, of, the, of course, the disciples, they, you know, as they come in and they're hungry and tired and, you know, they don't even understand why, why Jesus is bothering with this, this peasant. What, you know, why is he speaking with her? And, 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 and what happens next is, is amazing. This woman goes back to town doing what? Proclaiming that, that the Christ is here. The Messiah has come. And she is so convincing. She is such a good advocate, such a good evangelist, uh, that many of the people, the Samaritans from the city, follow her and go back. Now, I don't know about you. I've, I've been to a couple little revivals. I've been to a couple little church meetings. Uh, I've been to some open-air church events. I've never seen a big, giant group of people to say, yeah, let's go hear more. You take us to that guy and we'll follow you. I mean, this is a remarkable event. She goes back into the town and takes the town back to Jesus. And it's because they go back because they believe the words of her testimony. I love the way it's said there. Because of the word, the woman testified. She's not eloquent. She's not a theologian. She's not trained. She doesn't have the answers to everything. She's just got that that raw passion to say and repeat exactly what was just said to her. So Jesus stayed a couple more days because of this this response. And, And at the end of the day, many more were saved. Why? Because of this non-pastor evangelist. So, so, so let's get this straight. The disciples who were handpicked by Jesus, trained by Jesus, who were supposed to be the professional evangelists, right? They'd been to seminary. They went into town and they come back with lunch. The Samaritan woman comes back with the people. And, and she comes back to bring them to hear from Jesus. Who's the evangelist? I, I, I get goosebumps when I, when I just think of that concept. And, you know, and, and, and look, I don't want to be too harsh on the disciples. You know, I know they're, you know, they're full-time ministry and they're tired and weary. And, and they just, you know, it was just a break, Tony. Come on, back off, man. We, we, we'll get the next down. But what an amazing lesson in, in the restoration process that, that God uses really an enemy of Israel, Samaritan, a Samaritan woman, to save souls. And it begins with, with this group of weary evangelists who, 
you know, who take a break. Of course, Jesus never takes a break, right? He, he wasn't on hiatus, not for one second. You know, the, the white harvest, it's always there. And, and, and Jesus reveals to her in their conversation, hey, the, the, there's a right way to worship. You know, the, the, this is the, the way. And, you know, the, the Samaritans, they had it half right, which means they were wrong. And again, Jesus uses this, this opportunity as a, as a teaching moment, moment to explain eternal life. And it works. And so when we come back, we'll, we'll take a closer look at the woman at the well. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Today we're talking about the woman at the well, and depending on how long ago it's been since you've read it, maybe you're just thinking about just the awesome opportunity Jesus had to minister to a Samaritan woman at the well, and she was saved. But the story goes on, and the story is much, much more deeper than that, is she goes back to town, comes back with half the town. Jesus saves them. She goes back into town, comes out with more people, and even more people are saved. Why? Because of the passion of the testimony of this Samaritan woman that Jesus meets at the well. It's so important that we, we understand that, that there's a harvest out there. Do you realize that there's a ripe harvest, a ripe one? Yes, there's, there's some rocky soil. Yes, there's some, gland, some land that still needs to be turned over and the seed planted. But, but there's also a white harvest, now, the, the, the white wheat harvest has that idea of a, of a field, a wheat field that, that, that's, that's ripe and, and ready to go. And the Samaritan woman understands this, and, and she took advantage of this situation, and, and she goes back to that, that harvest field, and, and she brings these people back to Jesus so that they can be saved, not tomorrow, not the next month, but today, right now, right now. And, you know, some of us think, well, not those guys. You know, we're like Jonah. No, not Nineveh. I know what's going to happen. If I go, you know, God's going to save them all. Or, you know, does anything good come out of the Samaritans? Not the Samaritans. Come on. They're half-breeds. I love the contrast in this story between the disciples and the woman at the well. And she wasn't well-trained and she didn't know Jesus long, but she knew enough. And with boldness and with conviction, she was able to proclaim and convince others to follow. And the scriptures are filled with verses that encourage us as just normal people to to be part of the evangelism process. 
Luke 10 states that the, the, the harvest is ripe. It is ready. And we need to be more like this uh, Samaritan woman who, who, who can see it. You know, some of us are looking at the same, the, the, the same field, but we don't see it. We see rocks. We see dirt. We see weeds. She saw a harvest. Matthew 4, 10 calls us to be, to be fishers of men. We, we, we have a license to preach. We have a license to preach. We, we have the knowledge. We have plenty of knowledge. Do you realize most Christians today have 10 times the knowledge that, that a theologian like a John Calvin would have? A brilliant theologian like John Calvin. A brilliant person who was well-trained like Martin Luther. But guess what? I got to read both books and 200 other ones in the Bible over and over and over again in my language. I got to listen to it on audio cassette as well. They didn't have this advantage. We know where the fish are. We know the good fishing holes. They're all around us. And, and, and we have the right bait. We, we know what people want to talk about. But do we have the, the patience of a good fisherman? Do, do we have the desire to, to cast that line out over and over and over again? Or do we give up? It's just too hard. It takes too long. Well, Matthew 5, 13, 14, again, calls us to be salt and light. And salt has that idea of, you know, making our words tasty. And, you know, I, I love the concept or the idea that as believers, one of the things that should mark us is we should be winsome. We should, we should not be characterized as argumentative or dogmatic or judgmental. These are not winning propositions. That's attitude. I know some of you think, no, we have to have our, our convictions. We have to have our beliefs. We have to know what's true and have right doctrine. Yes, yes, and yes. But that doesn't mean that you're not winsome about it. Have the right bait. Be salt. Be, be tasty. Be, be light that brings illumination in a dark world. We're, we're, we're to be those kinds of instruments, useful instruments, loving instruments, instruments used for good. Uh, I haven't seen in the Bible where any of us have been called to be the axe. It's not there. We haven't been called to be the, the rope that hangs. I don't, I don't remember reading that verse. Um, we're salt and light. Fishers of men. And of course, the, the Samaritan woman, you know, she, she did a great job of this. But Jesus is our example. And, and Luke 19, 20 says that he came, and I love this phrase, to seek and save the lost. To seek. That means Jesus didn't just come to die on the cross for our sins. He actually seeks people out. He goes in deep, dark places where nobody else wants to go, like hanging out with, with tax gatherers, hanging out in, with people like prostitutes, hanging out with the, the destitute, the, the crippled and lame. He went out to seek those who were lost, to seek out those with wrong religious beliefs like the Samaritans, to correct them in a loving way. Jesus, again, in this story, he's the one who seeks out the Samaritan woman. 
He's the one who brings the conversation up to, to turn it into something spiritual. And then what does she do with that? Well, then she seeks out the people in the town. Are you seeking? Are, are, are you really seeking out the harvest? Are you really seeking the lost? Okay, you, you don't find the lost on Wednesday night prayer meeting, right? That's, that's not where the lost are. The lost are in the, those other places. And so sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone and, and seek. Sometimes we need to invite people into our, into our home that aren't a part of our church, that aren't a part of our Christian circles. And just know that, you know, Luke 15, 7 tells us that, you know, angels rejoice when one sinner, one sinner is converted. The angels rejoice. Isn't that one of our goals is to, to, to bring unbelievers to the great hope, to the living hope? Well, one of the, the aspects of, of Rainier Christian schools that I love is that is our Samaritan woman, quote-unquote. We, we, we have Samaritan-type women that people who aren't trained, people who, who weren't given a commission, who have that kind of pastoral way about them or have an evangelistic way about them. Yes, we, we have pastors that are in leadership, and yes, we have well-trained teachers, but we also have a support staff that is equally as important in our, in our school system and, and in our white wheat process. And we have people that are, that are excited about Jesus Christ because of what Jesus has done in their life and how Jesus has transformed them and how Jesus has used Christian education to, to help their children grow and that they've experienced amazing things in this Christian community. We, we have coaches that, that actually spend time, our football coaches, discipling our athletes. And, and they take Mondays and, and, and do motivational Mondays where, where they're training up our, our male athletes, keeping them accountable to be godly men. We have bus drivers that, that actually will, will minister the gospel to the people, and they get to know the kids, and, and they have some of the kids on that bus for an hour, and they start having conversations with them and proclaiming the gospel to them. We have secretaries that that minister to our families, that 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 pray with them, that befriend them, and some of our other staffers that are just so intricately involved in this Christian fellowship, in this community that we share in hand to hand as we we grow with our children. Many, many of our families will will spend thirteen years together, taking the same class with the same kids and the same family. And so what I appreciate so much about our team is that we're really just normal people. And if you think about it, so were the disciples. They're, as John MacArthur described, just 12 ordinary men, just ordinary guys, fishermen, tax gatherer, no big deal, whose passion and conviction propelled them to change the world by talking, by telling the story of Jesus Christ. And the best part is there isn't any pressure. There's no pressure. Some plant, some water. God causes the growth. You're just called to talk. You're just called to share. You're just called to love. So when and where is the mission opportunity? Where's the mission field? Well, even though Jesus was hungry and weary, he was always ready. And the disciples 
While they were on lunch break, they missed one of the best evangelistic opportunities of all time. A town was saved. And where does this, where did this happen? Just at a little restaurant, at a well, at a water cooler, in the break room, in the town square where, where the woman from the well preached to the city and then brought them out to Jesus. And so God used, forgive me, but used an ignorant peasant and her passion to ignite a revival. If he can do that with her, he can do that with you. And you can reach your family, your neighbor, your co-workers, your town, the world. So before you think you need a, a seminary degree or a paid position in ministry or an efficient, official title to evangelize and spread the good news, think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again, Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.